Cheerio! As human beings, don't we enjoy enjoyment? This is Five Golden Things, The Liberty Lists, a podcast of whimsy from Liberty Church Collingswood and libertycollingswood.org. We'll hear from friends as we explore everything from potent potables to morsel delectables, awkward laughables to moment teachables. You'll get lots of different categories, but remember that for each one, there can be only five. Plus a mulligan or two. Five, four, three, two, one. Lift off. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Five Golden Things, the Liberty Lists. We always have a special episode for you, including this one with my friend Magda Henningsen. How are you, Magda? Good. How are you, Jim? I am very good and excited to talk to you. I, I had a very long list of potential people to interview about this subject. And so there was a long process of winnowing down to specifically you, Magda. The topic is top five things I loved growing up in Poland. Do I, feel I have that? Really special to be the chosen one. You are the chosen one. Yes. So, so, so you. I know some of your backstory. You you moved here when you were ten years old, which must have been a. A switch. Yes, quite a big one, especially not speaking any English before coming to the U.S. That was. Probably I don't think I knew that part, huh? <laughs> the hardest part being dropped into fourth grade and not knowing okay. anything your classmates are saying. Mm-hmm. But I caught up eventually. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I didn't realize that. I I guess I just assumed because Europe, but that that was just an assumption on my part. We have, as of yesterday, two German high school students from Cologne, Germany that are part of the high school exchange program. And I'm telling my kids, hey, these two Germans know English grammar better than you bozos do. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 they they've had English classes since birth basically. So it's changed the year after my parents decided to move from Poland that okay. English was the required or highly suggested language to be taught starting hmm. in elementary school. So I just missed it. No oh, no. But I learned it here. So I guess and now it's kind of funny because I relate. My cousins who have always lived in Poland mm-hmm. speak English just as well as I do and probably know their grammar inside out because they were quizzed on it more than right. I was. Yeah. I oh man that's great. I I wish I wish I were bilingual. The languages I know are all dead ones, so Latin, ancient Greek, ancient Hebrew. I wish my parent uh, I wish my kids were bilingual, but Emily who is Chinese American uh, when her parents came over in the 1950s, they were discouraged from teaching their own children Chinese based on certain assumptions sociologically back then. So it's disappointing. But you, you have it all. So enough about me, Magda. Why don't we start counting down from number five? What do you miss? Fill us in. Sure. So this, I don't think I appreciated so much up until I was 10. But mm-hmm. then maybe thinking back to it and then also going back because I have visited several times since moving here. So my number five is just the long history and the architecture with history. Ah, I love it. I Tell just me more. feel like there's so much more in most of Europe, but especially because I'm connected to Poland, just walking around and hearing the history and the things that took place mm-hmm. on the streets that you're walking through and how old things are. Mm-hmm. I just really appreciate being in some of the old town centers and 
I know that there were partitions and wars and things had to be rebuilt. So, of course, it's not just like it was hundreds of years ago. Right. But even uh, I'm from the city called Wrocław. I, w- I was meaning to ask that. Yes. And it is. So it's has a very neat location because we're two hours away from the border of Germany. Mm-hmm. So going west. And then if you go two hours south, that's the Czech Republic. Wow. So very close to two countries mm-hmm. as a kid my parents would go grocery shopping sometimes in the Czech Republic. So that was kind of really <laughs> neat just huh. growing up close enough to the border because my grandfather lives even closer to there. But Yeah, we we have Delaware. That's about the same Yeah, thing. or Pennsylvania. <laughs> yes. Delaware is just as cool as the Czech Republic. <laughs> so that's pretty neat. Uh, yeah. But there's just so much in the history. The other day it was kind of funny because I, I actually went back to study abroad in Poland when mm-hmm. I was in college here. Okay. And I studied at Jagiellonian University, which is in Krakow. Mm-hmm. And I was wearing a t-shirt from there. And Trevor looked at my t-shirt and he goes, what's the year on there? And it's something like the 1300s. Right. So it's just really funny that I went to a school that was funded before I'm now living in the country. Yep. Was founded. Like that's yeah. just, it's bizarre. It's kind of mind blowing to, to hear that. But it's really neat just to hear about it. And now when I got to go back this summer, we did a couple of just like walking tours mm-hmm. through the cities and it's just so neat to hear about how many generations have lived in those cities, all right. the different things that happen. The number of times Poland was split up between so many different countries and mm-hmm. yet it made its way back onto the map and right. it still has a really interesting culture and history, so I really appreciate it. Yeah, I was telling our German students last night that we just don't have any history here, basically, be, because we're we're so incredibly young. I, I feel that tension with the uh, and not. I, I promise not to relate all five of your points to the sermon series that I'm currently <laughs> preaching, but I feel the challenge of trying to get people to feel that this ancient Genesis story is part of our spiritual history and lineage. But I think specifically part of the challenge is that for quote-unquote Americans, we have so little sense of, uh, many people that live here have so little sense of history beyond a generation or two, and everything else is blank. So so the idea of being a part of a bigger story is alien to a lot of people around here, unlike what you are able to experience. That's also kind of brings back a funny memory, because when I moved here in fourth grade, that was the time that my schools were doing the genealogy tree sort of oh, right. projects. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, like, this is neat. Cool. We get to talk about our cultures and where our roots are. And Mm -hmm. kids would bring in five different cultures and nationalities and where the great-grandparents are from. I think I went back four or five generations. It's all Polish. And I was like, wow, I'm really boring. But (laughs) to your point, like, that was kind of neat that there are so many generations from the same country, of the same traditions, Mm -hmm. of the same culture. So I, I felt boring in comparison to my classmates, but... Then later on, I started to realize that is a neat and unique thing to have. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. What is the funniest or craziest name of uh, great grandfather, great grandmother, great uncle, great aunt on your family tree? My gosh, it's weird because when I went back about three generations, the names started started sounding like the names that are commonly used now. So I guess they made a comeback. Huh. But my grandfather on my dad's side, that his name just stands out to me because it's long and probably there's no English equivalent that mm-hmm. I could compare it to. His name was Kazimierz. Oh. There are some kings by that name in Poland and its okay. history, but 
not anything that I could say, oh, like you can call him this in English. Yeah. Just very long and very Polish. That's awesome. So, so Magda, we're in the room right now, not just the two of us, but with Pat, our digital ministry director. That's actually what I call Pat. So what a coincidence that, <laughs> that this great, grand, great, great relative. That's awesome. Well, that's great. Do we go on to number four? Sure, we can. Okay, we're moving. So that relates to the weird long names and the unusual spelling. But for number four, I put down language. Ah, yes. And I didn't really think about it too much until I, Trevor, my husband, started Mm -hmm. learning some Polish. Right. And I realized how cool Polish is in the sense that you can how I've come to call it, cutify things. Mm-hmm. I know it's possible in Spanish as well, even though I don't speak Spanish, but I've heard it, where you can make things sound cuter or sweeter. Right. And especially if you're talking to kids, mm-hmm. there's just a certain way of pronouncing words and changing the endings to yeah. make it do that. Okay. I haven't figured out how if there's any way to do that in English. And a lot of my family members would ask me, okay, so what do we call Trevor? Like, what's his nickname? Uh-huh. It's Trevor. But for me growing up, I had tons of nicknames Right. to the point where I had to sort of tell Trevor about a couple of them when we were going this summer because mm-hmm. I said, "You people are not going to call me Magda. You're not going to think that someone's talking to me Right. because there are just so many ways that they would refer to me. And I found that that's just cool that you can do that with that language. But I'd never really thought about it until someone who doesn't speak Polish started learning it. And there were a couple funny situations where he would learn a word Mm -hmm. and then pronounce it and make it either sound really giant or like really cute and petite like complete accident and it would make me smile and I would think it's really cute and he would think what am I doing I thought I was doing it right I'm doing something but I don't know what I'm doing yeah it it's a fun language uh, but at the same time I do feel like when I put it on my resume that I speak Polish it's more of a fun fact and just oh why do you speak Polish more than this is going to be really useful for this job. Interesting. Huh, that's funny. What, where, where is Polish on sort of the language tree for either European or Eastern languages? Do you, do you have a sense of that? I actually don't. So, so it's not a Romance language. It's not. It is. So it's very close to pretty much all the Eastern European languages. Mm-hmm. So if, if I really tried, I could definitely get by speaking to someone who speaks Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. Someone in the Czech Republic, we would also get by with okay. Polish. I actually was in Croatia a couple of years ago, and surprisingly, it was easier to get by with Polish than it was with English. Okay, which that I didn't see. Hmm. Russian, same thing. Like you, if you really try, yeah. I think my parents would be better because they were also a part of the generation that was still learning Russian. Mm-hmm. The one big complication is is that their alphabets are different their letters are different gotcha. so i absolutely couldn't read it but when mm-hmm. i hear it spoken i can certainly hear and figure out words okay at least here and there and have a short conversation if i ever needed to with another eastern european that's awesome with with the riffs on people's names of of different kinds like the nicknames the diminutives i I've tried reading Russian novels here and there, War and Peace. I, I only got halfway two-thirds through, through War and Peace. I think I got the hang of it, but every character has like 10 different variations on his or her name. And there's like the patronym, and it's, yeah. it's really, really complicated. I can definitely relate because my full name is also Magdalena. Okay. So I think my family was first decided, let's chop it in half, uh-huh. but then they decided to cutified and all sorts right. of other things. So, yeah, I definitely grew up with a bunch of nicknames. 
two follow-up questions here, and then we can go to number three. One, do your parents have a particular name for you that that you think of fondly? I think the most common one was Maja. Okay. So that is something that was I was commonly called, and still am till this day, so they still use it. Okay. And then the second question, what about Trevor? Does he have a Magda variation? He does, but sadly, and maybe this will upset him, it's not his creation. It's That's been, okay. It's been around, and he sort of heard it from my friends and then picked it up, but Mags, oh, yeah. M-A-G-S. Okay. So that, I, I think it started in high school, if I remember sure. correctly. I, I was for, for for a second. I thought that that's what my previous boyfriend called me. That you're going to go in that direction. And, no, and just no. Stuck with it. It's just generally friends. And, yep. Yeah, I don't even know who started it and where it came from. But and and that's more American, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Very good. Good to know. Number three. This is great. So number three, I put down the ease that, at which you can find public transportation and the general walkability. Oh. And I know I'm probably a little biased because I did grow up in a city, mm-hmm. but I had families on the outskirts of those cities. And I traveled a bunch. And even so, my mom didn't drive at all when we lived in Poland. We had a car, okay. but it wasn't something that was, you must get in a car in order yeah. to travel. Right. A lot of that travel was done either on foot or by public transport. Awesome. And that was really great. Mm -hmm. Thinking back to it, and my mom has admitted this, I actually took the bus by myself for the first time when I was six. Hey! (laughs) To go visit my grandparents, because that's what you do when you're six and you want to go spend the weekend somewhere else. Why not? But it was just so cool that it was right outside of our apartment building. Mm -hmm. I could get on the bus, go places. Of course, there was a short distance. But going with family, it was also nice for, it almost was like an attraction for kids. Like, let's go take the train and go places rather than just get in our family car. Right. And this was also something this summer when we went with Trevor that he really appreciated as a runner. Mm -hmm. Sidewalks continue. You never get to a point where you're going on the sidewalk and all of a sudden the sidewalk disappears. Oh, that would make a great science fiction novel or something, <laughs> that, the endless sidewalks. Which I feel like it's so common in the U.S. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I still don't understand why there are sidewalks in front of some people's houses and not others. It seems, <laughs> seems unfriendly. Yeah, like who made that choice? I'm not sure. I don't fully understand it. Yeah. But it, and there are people everywhere. People will walk places. You'll mm-hmm. see people actually on the streets. When we first moved here, and we actually lived nearby a grocery store, but it almost felt bizarre being the only people who would walk out of our apartment and walk to the grocery store. Right. And then yeah. walk back home with our bags. Uh-huh. So I think, especially in the suburbs, I know it would be different in Philly or in New York that that's right. an acceptable thing. But as soon as you get outside of those big cities, it feels like you must have a car in order to go places. Yep. And even if the store is across the street, you should still get in your car to drive there. Yeah, we have a carbon footprint that we need to work on over here. Yeah, that, I guess so. So that, yeah, that's really interesting. When Emily and I moved back here to this region to plant Liberty Collingswood, we lived in the western part of Texas in a town called Lubbock that was only about 100 years old. And my Lubbock friends who are listening to this will probably correct my, my exact dating. But we lived in a neighborhood that kind of didn't have sidewalks and it was a it was a development that was built 
post automobile Mm -hmm. and texas is also our part of texas was very hot and so people just stayed inside in air conditioning and to to walk to the when my boys were young i would put them in a little wagon and to walk them to the park or the playground just a few blocks away i did not have sufficient sidewalk so i had to constantly like weave out into the street with my two kids and then 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 keep keep going back it, it, it seemed like a strange subversion of the american dream somehow that yeah, i didn't, it didn't just quite sounds understand bizarre yeah. I, yeah i had playgrounds everywhere mm-hmm. and we would walk there and there was never a question of who's gonna drive yeah a car just wasn't something that was necessary. I think the other really cool thing, we have public transportation, of course, especially in the bigger cities here mm-hmm. in the U.S., but it's expensive. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying it's cheap for everyone in Poland, of course. Not mm-hmm. everyone's going to be able to afford it, but it, it is affordable. Mm-hmm. And there are so many ways to get discounts. Like kids have discounts. Right. Students have discounts, so if you have a student ID, it's like 60% off. It's not something, you know, 5%. You're getting a big discount off of that. And in certain cities, which my grandparents now celebrate this, because I think after you turn 70, Mm -hmm. it's free for the rest of your life. Love it. It's like go explore places, you know, hop on the bus. It's free now. So that's, in my opinion, really neat because it encourages them to still be able to get out and Mm -hmm. maybe also good because I feel like in the U.S. we have a little bit too many elderly people driving who shouldn't be driving anymore sometimes. Yep. So I'd rather have them take a bus when they want to go places. But I know it's not an option here, so I'm not judging them. But I just wish sure. there was that option. When, when Magda's president take a bus <laughs> will be your cam- campaign slogan. But yeah, that, 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 makes, that makes total sense. And I think even here, there can be some negative stigmas attached to people that have to take public transportation. Or at least the assumption, the goal is to make enough money so that you don't have to take right. public transit, which is an unfortunate yeah, which I don't, I didn't feel it as much in Poland. Mm-hmm. You have people dressed up in suits, obviously going to very big businesses mm-hmm. or business meeting, things like that. And right. public transportation is still something you just, you do. Yeah. Maybe also parking is absolutely awful in most of big Polish cities. Okay. So I think maybe it's also easier. Like you don't right. want to have to deal with parking. Yeah. But well, that's even, also a pre-automobile thing, right? Yeah, Where, where the cities true. were made before cars that is true so i appreciate it because i don't like driving so being able to hop on the bus or a tram and not think about anything is awesome yeah i don't like driving either it it seems like most american couples guy and girl that the guy drives uh but i i always ask emily to to drive and I, i've actually been asked sometimes what i get out of the car when emily's driving there Jim, are you okay? Did you have too much to drink? And I'm like, it's 9 a.m. <laughs> I just don't like driving. I don't understand. And, and I'm not very good at it either. So, yeah, that, 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 that sounds awesome. Love it. Anything else with that one or can we go on to number two? No, we can go on. Mm. We are getting down yes. to the countdown. So number two, I put down food. Ah, I know. That's I was hoping that broad food category. would appear. I, I would have asked you if you hadn't brought it up. So, yes. I had to. And it's at the top because I think it was one of the, well, obviously top two things Mm -hmm. that I missed the most when we moved here. So I was maybe, I'm also maybe biased and maybe I was spoiled, but one of the things I grew up in Poland, it's rather common for people to have 
just little lots of land、mm-hmm. outside of the apartment buildings、okay. where they go and plant things. Nice. And my grandparents on my dad's side, they both grew up on farms、mm-hmm. and then they moved sort of diagonally all the way across Poland to a city after they got married. And they really missed it. So to them,、mm. it was like, great, we have this plot of land. It wasn't anything super expensive. So they didn't have to worry about it having a really big cost because it's not like you had acres on acres, but、right. it's just people, person next to a person.、Mm-hmm. And you have your little garden, fruits and vegetables. They knew exactly what they were doing.、Mm-hmm. So it was easy for them to keep up all these years. And so thanks to that, I grew up pretty much. Eating organic fruits and vegetables all of my childhood. Nice. And it was enough to feed them, feed my dad and his brother's family.、Mm-hmm. I mean, there were canned stuff, there were pickle stuff. So, and it's rather common. Like, it wasn't something my grandparents did out of the ordinary. They weren't outliers? No, not at all.、Uh, I would say a lot of people ha- do it. I remember years ago, it used to be more of, okay, you're retired, you have time for this, but now younger people are picking up on it as well.、Mm-hmm. I think, especially with the movement towards organic、right. food and maybe more people becoming vegetarian and vegan. So you definitely see younger people getting involved in that as well. Some of my best friends are millennials and Gen Z. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Sorry that I just broke your flip there. <laughs> I, I'm in favor of all this stuff. It's really good. Keep, keep going. I think I've heard about something like this happening in Chicago, but I haven't seen it anywhere like Philly or, or even near us.、Yeah. I mean, I know some people, when you have a backyard, you have the option of doing that. But、well, I know when my parents tried it, the deer ate it all. So oh,、okay. there was that. But I've never heard my grandparents having issues with wildlife to that extent.、Hmm. They usually had. All the fruit and vegetables that they planted did grow、yeah. big enough for us to eat. So、right. maybe it was also a different environment. But so the, the food with that, I was definitely spoiled with the fruits and vegetables, and that was something、mm-hmm. I missed. But another thing, just the bread and the pastries. Oh, it's、explain. so good. I don't even know what it is about it. They're really big on just giving you hot things out of the oven,、mm. which who can say no to? <laughs> I know. Freshly baked pastry or、yeah. piece of bread. So that's how, where all my extra pounds came from when I studied abroad there. I、You've、had about a carbo a, load sometimes. Yeah.、Um, I had about a 30 minute walk from my dorm to where the classes were in the、mm-hmm. town center. And there were days where I would stop by three or four bakeries <laughs> on the way. So. <laughs> there are pub crawls, but there's also bread crawls. Yes, I would much rather go on the bread crawls. crawls. Yes.、Huh, that's funny. What. What is a fairly standard Polish table loaf of bread? Or if, so, if a, the equivalent of a, if a French baguette、mm-hmm. is kind of the st- standard primary bread ser- served at a meal, what, what, what would the Polish equivalent be? So, it typically, I would say, is a white dough,、okay. not a multi grain. Although they do have multi grain, but I think just the white dough is more common.、Mm-hmm. And the bread, I've seen the shape of, a bread he- of the bread in the US. I don't know how to describe it. Is it, it circular? Or? More of like a circular, but it's almost like a semicircle, if it was. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Am I like not. Like a dome or something? Yes. Okay. Not. Rectangular, like a loaf of bread、right. in the US. Okay. They would use that, but they would say, oh, that's only for like a grilled cheese sandwich.、Gotcha. And that's a special thing you would do and maybe get、yep. for kids. But that's not the normal bread you would buy every day. 
and there were just bakeries everywhere so we would often just every day or two you would mm-hmm. go and buy fresh bread oh. and you would have that which right. now you buy a loaf of bread and we stick it in the freezer and you keep having that same <laughs> bread for however long that's living yeah yeah so that's just not maybe that was just the ease of going and getting that and then another delicious thing are polish donuts in my opinion okay i was gonna ask about the sweets yeah the sweets i'm I'm also a big sweet tooth so i think that's why i lean that Mm -hmm. way but the donut it's it's a big round piece of dough and it typically has a filling inside of it okay my favorite filling is actually uh from wild rose I don't know if you've ever seen a bush with wild rose, but they have real, little oval fruit that okay. are very bright red, and they make a jam out of that. And it's just—that's so new good. to me. I've never heard of it. That sounds awesome. It's very good. Okay. I just one of my favorites. And there's been also a couple pop-up shops where they serve you hot donuts. Mm. So you just go and you get your donut right when it's hot and fresh and it's are, are they circular with the hole in the middle no or? no okay. hole so it's just one big piece of dough okay square on top. square around round okay oh very interesting i wish i could say i'll go get them and bring them to church one day where are but, they yeah. pat brings candy all the time <laughs> i traded all of pat's candy for one of these things i don't know who's listening to this gonna listen to this but uh we did sneak some donuts back by tsa a couple times oh, really? not this past summer but when i used to go with my sister we would try to bring some back for our parents yeah i'm sure uh, we checked up on our forms that we're not bringing anything in but yep. there were some donuts <laughs> All those TSA attack dogs everywhere. We're on the lookout for, for donuts. Yeah. But but you got through. Yeah, every time we got through, so it was great. Of hmm. course, they they weren't warm anymore, but this yeah. is good. Right. Worth it. I I read an article a few years ago. Do you, do you know what a Twinkie is? The the American. It's like a tasty. It's a packaged. Yeah. Uh, With sweet like a pastry. cream inside. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was a history of the Twinkie and. When Twinkies were originally made, they contained only like three ingredients or something like that. Butter, I don't know, wheat, cream, sugar. Yeah. But but the article, I forget if it was based on like a longer treatment in book, that as it sort of equates the expansion of the ingredient lists on a Twinkie with the decline of civilization <laughs> where and 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 originally a Twinkie would only last a couple of days but but now you can get through nuclear winter with yeah you can hunt the for around October date with date on those kind of things yeah it's a little excessive yeah but but not so the Polish donut no no I don't think that would last very long I'm sure you could buy some from like a grocery store that are packaged yeah and- but that's that's not the donut you want to go for, right? Do you have anything savory? So when when you were back in Poland recently, what what were a couple of dishes where you said, "Hey, I have to get this," so, whether homemade or from... yes, definitely homemade. So my grandmother is a great cook, and anyone you'd ask in my family, her chicken noodle soup mm-hmm. is just to die for. Okay, and you just have to have it. Yep. So when we were going, I said, "Grandma." That's the one thing you have to make. And she was so stressed out about what she's going to cook. I said, you have nothing to worry about. All I want is your, just your right. chicken noodle the soup. the standard. It's a little bit different because the broth is drained and mm-hmm. the vegetables or the chicken pieces aren't in it. So it's just the broth and noodles. Oh. But it's just Elegant. really good. Hmm. Yeah. It's a very, I would say that's probably the most common soup in okay. Poland. 
And for her, I don't ever remember being there on a Sunday where she didn't have chicken noodle soup. Like oh. that's a stable, that's a tradition, that's mm-hmm. something she she always does. And mm. over the years, she's perfected it. And I think everyone in the family would agree. So from savory, that was definitely one dish. And then something that we just kept having over and over. But it's just good. It's like a lightly breaded mm-hmm. chicken breast oh, okay. and potatoes and mm-hmm. all sorts of salads and vegetables they'll have on the side so that's also another traditional thing we do make that here mm-hmm. um so trevor was used to it. it wasn't anything out of the ordinary okay but it is it's it's a good stable in my opinion i'm trying to think if there's anything else i'm sure in people's minds like pierogi will come to mind yeah but to throw a twist on that i actually prefer it sweet oh and i make it with blueberries huh <laughs> just to shock everyone here (laughs) my mind is blown yeah so that sounds really good because the dough is doesn't have any spices in it Mm -hmm. so you can pretty much put anything you want in there and i just like mine with fruit sounds great all right magda i think we're ready for number one i'm trying to think what area you've covered a lot of bases here so far i'm intrigued to hear your number one any guesses climate it's pretty similar to new jersey i mean i didn't experience as much humidity okay (laughs) so it's not a climate thing is it a a terrain thing mountains or no but that would be a good one i did grow up closer to mountains is it is it something about how people act like are the people friendlier over there i assume they are Not really. People don't <laughs> well, tend that's to say they that's don't t- tend to say hi to each other. Okay, like, that was bizarre to me on the street when we first moved here. I'm like, these people don't know me. Why is everyone saying hi to me? Oh, so that's yeah. a that's a very American thing in mm-hmm. Poland. The expectation is you say good morning and you say hello to people that you know. Ah, not necessarily just anyone you're passing on the street. Okay, so not I wouldn't say it's because they're not friendly. I think that's just a cultural thing. Hmm. Or that's how I explain it to myself. Okay. But I've I've grown to the American way of life of saying hello to strangers that I pass. How you doing? <laughs> Good. <laughs> you? Something like that. <laughs> All right, Magda, number one. Okay, so for number one, I put down family. Oh. That was definitely, other than the language barrier, that was the biggest thing for me to overcome and learn to live apart from when we mm. moved here. Most of my family is in southern western poland so even grandparents aunts uncles everyone was within about an hour to hour and a half drive Mm -hmm. or train ride if we were taking the train so it was all relatively close and i was a very interesting child because starting at the age of four i decided to tell my parents that i i don't really like spending time with them all that much and i just went and would spend weekends summer vacations spring breaks with family members oh wow Huh. It's kind of bizarre looking back Why at not? it, but it was really great. I really appreciated being able to do that. And I was raised by so many people mm-hmm. and I got so attached to them. So it was very difficult to leave them all behind because they felt so close to me, even though right. some of those family members were distant relatives mm-hmm. to me they were very close because I spent my summers with them and they taught me things when I was just a small kid that stuck around with me for many years. Even this past summer when I saw one of the um, aunts who 
I would often visit during my summer breaks in school. And I told her, just thanks to you, I know how to peel potatoes and I'm pretty efficient at it yeah. because the first time she saw me do it, she laughed and she sat me down that summer and she said, by the time you leave me, yep. you will know how to do this and right. do it properly. So just those little things that I really appreciate it. And culturally, what I observed in Poland, it is very common for grandparents to be a source of childcare hmm. for the next generation. Whether that's good or bad, I have mixed emotions as far as the grandparents being able to say we retired yeah and now we get right. to raise yep. the next generation or we get to go out and do mm -hmm. things i wish there was more of a balance between that sure but as a kid i definitely loved it mm -hmm. i felt extremely spoiled being raised by or partially raised by my grandparents mm -hmm. and getting to go on adventures with them there were all almost retired or getting close to it by the time I was born so they could hang out with me they had all the time in the world for me unlike yep. my parents who had my younger sister who had work who had mm -hmm. all these other responsibilities while when I went and visited visited these family members I was there I was at the main point of attention for them and yeah. as a kid that was that was awesome i got to go and spend time with them mm -hmm. and that also allowed for something really special which were just really big holiday celebrations oh boy i bet so i on one side there are six grandkids on the other side there are four grandkids and going back this summer and thinking my gosh there were six kids and six adults in my grandmother's little apartment every christmas running around and probably making a mess that she had to clean for days after. But it, it's so precious to have those memories mm -hmm. and to know that I was able to grow up with cousins who are all relatively close to my age. So yeah. it was cool to have really good friends. I actually, with one of my cousins, we were in the same class, first through third grade. Nice. So we had the same last name and mm -hmm. <laughs> like went to school together. Right. It was just really nice and I really missed it when we moved here. And it was also surprising to me to learn from some of my classmates that they only see their grandparents around Christmas time. Yeah. Like you only see your relatives once or twice a year. Mm -hmm. And that's all. But it didn't really occur to me how big the U.S. was when I first moved here. Sure. And even if in Poland someone lives across the country, that's still you're going to get there within a couple hours of driving. Yep. Here, you live in that state like texas good luck getting from one side of texas to middle of texas in right. a couple of hours Forget about it yeah and if someone's in a whole nother state like that might require a flight there's time differences it's just such a huge country mm -hmm. that now of course it makes so much sense but it i didn't understand like your grandparents are in the u.s why aren't you seeing them every weekend yeah mine are in a whole different country that makes sense why i don't see them but i just i couldn't wrap my head around yeah. Why people don't spend as much time with family hmm. compared to what I how much time I used to spend with my family when we lived in Poland. But it was I think proximity is right. a huge factor in that. I get that. And also or not not to speak for you and Trevor, but I imagine that how you would conceive of your family is informed by some of these other experiences too yeah definitely when we were trying to figure out where to to settle and california was on the table briefly we yeah quickly crossed that off because we said yeah, three hours doesn't feel like much with the time difference mm -hmm. 
But at the same time, if we're working till five, six o'clock on the East Coast where our parents, both of our parents are, you know, that's going to be maybe almost bedtime for them yep. or and we're not even going to be able to call them. Mm-hmm. Like that to us just seemed like too much of a of an obstacle to get around. Yeah. And the flight is also much longer. So right. we knew we wanted to at least stay on the East Coast to be at least within the t- same time zone as our parents. And I would like to believe that it also makes flights easier, like flying up and down the East it Coast. It is much easier, yeah. Is easier and going East to West Coast, like... Yep. That's that's a travel. You got to account for a day of just traveling. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, Magda, thank you so much for all of this. I I didn't know what to expect one way, one way or another. I guess some of these, if you'd given me enough time, I would have said maybe she would have said something about food, for example. But others I hadn't anticipated at all. And they're fascinating to hear. So I think we're going to wrap up at this, at this point. Uh, thank you for sharing of yourself, of your personal history, of your experience of Poland, and it is ours to gain from hearing from you. Any other thoughts for Magna, for Liberty List Five Golden Things? You can write in to fivegoldenthingspod at gmail.com. We are going to wrap it up. Magda, any last words or thoughts? Thanks for having me, and I highly encourage anyone who has the ability and any interest in visiting Poland to do it. It's a really cool country. Good word. Thank you, Magda. Thank Ta-ta, you. turtle doves. Wow. That was definitely a top five episode of Five Golden Things, The Liberty Lists. And remember, kids, schadenfreude ain't just a river in Egypt. Wade in the water a little deeper anytime at libertycollingswood.org and find us at the usual socials. Make us a top five follow, and you'll always be our number one. Toodle pip. They smell very fruity. I don't know if it was just because you bit into it or because you put the bag towards me. If if, if you want to try one after the podcast, you're certainly welcome to. I actually really like it. It doesn't taste that bad. Yeah, okay. It it has like a strawberry Strawberry. cheesecake. Yeah. Okay. That was kind of smelly.